Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. I want you to pay very close attention today because the man that we've invited to the show is going to introduce the fact that every county, city, and state has something called a comprehensive annual financial report that shows the budget, but which for some reason does not show the profit center and revenue generated side which has been restricted from public knowledge. Now, this is relevant because most of us are under the distinct impression that states are going bankrupt, counties are going bankrupt, and that there's no money. And so for those of us with that frame of reference, we need to pay very close attention. There are funds available into the billions and trillions of dollars that have been earmarked and kept from our knowledge as the public. This has undergone a 25-year media blackout in the traditional syndicated media. And there is evidence of a kind of complicity about this that only our guests can really explain. Our guest is a former commodity trading advisor for 15 years. He was the national sales manager for U.S. Trading and Investment Championship, published in Barron's and Investors Daily in the Wall Street Journal. He actually was a tenant at the One World Trade Center. He was also at Merrill Lynch in New Jersey in 1980, actually hired independently in the area of commodities. And in looking at the New Jersey budget report, this was his revelation that something has gone wrong. And after careful scrutiny and analysis, he has uncovered something which has to be brought to the mainstream public. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Walter Burian to its rainmaking time. Good morning. Good morning, Kim. Uh, to clarify a few points that you brought up, on the comprehensive annual finance report, it's effectively a statement of net worth. You know, if you've got Bill Gates's statement of net worth or the annual financial report for Johnson and Johnson, uh, AT and T, IBM, you know, it shows their net worth. You know, since the creation of the company uh, to the current time, it shows the budgetary basis, which is an annual budget. When you do your budget for your house, you know, you cover all the expenses for paying the mortgage, the gas, the gardener, uh, the electric bill, uh, you know, maybe your food budget. But your budget has nothing to do, you know, in perspective with your statement of net worth. Your statement of net worth is going to show everything, your investment funds, your separate projects you're running that have been built up over years. So your budget report's insignificant in comparison to your statement of net worth. What the government has been doing on all levels has been select the presentations. They have been giving the population the annual budget report and holding back their statement of net worth, which is the comprehensive annual financial report or acronym CAPR, which is equivalent to a public corporation's annual financial report which by SEC law, Securities and Exchange Commission, if you had one share, say, for example, of Microsoft or a million, it's mandatory that the company sends you their annual financial report each year. In government, they've created their own statutes, their own structured network with each other to make sure the annual financial report was never mentioned or discussed so that the public would constantly be digesting a selectively created budget report. Very big difference between the two. And keep in mind, if a public corporation did the same thing, uh, after about a 40-count SEC indictment, they'd all be sitting in San Quentin. 
But due to the money involved, the internal network playing, uh, the uh, government gang and their cooperative players made sure, not a mention, not a peep, not a word, for the last 65 years. It started in 1946. So the world is a much different place than you think it is, and the public has been soundbite conditioned, in effect, to be off in la-la land due to the money involved. So the internal players can cut deals behind closed doors, dot the I's, cross the T's, and laugh all the way down to the bank as the public is distracted off the left field. So basically, for 65 years, this has been going on, and it's a complete heist of the people of America. I know you've done this on your videos, but give the public a little contextual overview of how you first noticed something wasn't right. Well, back in 1990, I was in New Jersey, and a governor got elected by the name of Jim Florio on a no-new tax platform. Running on a platform, no-new taxes, uh, got the attention of the public. They voted for him. He was elected governor. Shortly after being elected, $2.8 billion tax increase, largest in the state's history at one time. Now, it was prepared by the prior administration, but he could have come in and vetoed it. He didn't. So the proverbial hit the fan, and there were uh, two DJs, John and Ken from 101.5 FM in Trenton, New Jersey, who started ramble-rousing, you know, we can't allow this to happen in our state, we got to correct this. And they were taking calls on examples of waste and misspending in local government. And I was listening for the first couple of days, and they were ca calling in with examples of 5,000, 15,000. The highest figure I heard was 85,000. I called into the show uh, just with a budget report in my hand, which was the only thing I was aware of at that time. And I read a bottom line figures at $11 billion on budget, $6 billion off budget, total service budget $17 billion, net available $23.6 billion or $5 billion. And I said, come on, guys, you're missing the whole point. If there's fraud, waste, and spending taking place, it's taking place on the tunes of tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions. The highest figure I heard was 85000 well, the two DJs, John and Ken, who are now out in Los Angeles, by the way, doing the John and Ken show, challenged the listeners to put together an organization to repeal the tax increase. Ten of us got together and incorporated a group of fans across New Jersey. And with the help of John and Ken, rabble-rousing around the clock, uh, we had 63,000 volunteers in about three months. Every wow. uh, the 21 counties in New Jersey organized. We had a rally 10 days out from when we got together down in Trenton. With the help of John Ken, uh, we had people start off very short point in New Jersey and join in along the way. We had 115,000 cars converge on Trenton. I, I looked at the uh, budget report and I noticed the enterprise income's income was not included, you know, such as New Jersey Turnpike, Grand State Parkway, Port Authority, New York, New Jersey. I didn't see any large return from investment funds. I knew this had to be sitting on tens of billions. And this is not a true financial report, selective presentation, the budget report. And my father used to be the director of personnel department of treasury for about four years. He was for all state employees, both budgetary and autonomous. I knew the internal workings of their Centrex. I called through, uh, found out that the budget director, Richard Keevey, was on vacation till the following week, coming back on Tuesday. I called his lowest assistant first, saying, Hi, this is Walter Burian, working on a report for Richard. I have to get it done by Tuesday when he gets back from vacation. I need all the figures on the autonomous agency accounts, interest accounts, investment accounts. And he goes, Oh, you want the comprehensive annual financial report? Bing. First time I heard of that. 
I said, yeah, can you send me a copy? He goes, well, I don't know. You better talk to Mark, the next one down from Richard. Get my speed dial. Hi, Mark. I spoke to uh, Jen. Working on a report. Richard, have to have it done by Tuesday. Need the comprehensive annual financial report. Oh, where do you want to send to? You got it Friday. Now, I'm a bottom line person. I want to see what the totals are. When you look at a forest, you know, people are constantly distracted by the leaves and the branches and the trees in the yeah, forest. Yeah, I love the example you made, by the way, in your videos. It's so correct. So I wanted to look at the forest. So my first question was, what was the total liquid investment funds held by the state? That came out to me about $88 billion. And I said, what's the total gross income? I had 1989's report, which was published in 1990. On page 174, I think it was, under total cash additions. Now, this is, I wanted to see the gross income. So this would be tax income, enterprise income, investment income. If they receive federal grants, you know, federal grant income, all income, the gross income. The number one question IRS asks an audit, what's your gross income? Don't care about the net, what's your gross? This is a state with a declared service budget of $17 billion, and they showed net available $25.6 billion. Are you ready for uh, what their gross income was? <laughs> sure. Sitting down? I am definitely sitting down. If my memory serves me correctly, $83,789,000,000. I want the definition of sophisticated organized crime right there on the spot and the principle of operation, the selective presentation. Anything that was a normal operation of government, health and human services, highway departments, division of motor vehicles, state parks, whatever, was shown on the budget report. Anything that was a profit center, any large investment fund, pension funds, advantage for liability funds, self-insurance funds, were restricted by statute. They created their laws to exclude them from viewing on the budget report. How did you find out they were restricted by statute? I wanted to find out why they were not being shown on the budget report. Picture if you got married, okay? You're in your 50s, and for some reason you want to marry somebody who's 25, you say, well, I don't want to share everything with this person right now, my financial fortune I built up. And you tell her about a few operations you're doing to justify some income, but your primary profit makers, you never tell her about. Yeah, because you're not at a point to share your net worth with someone you're marrying who may just decide to divorce you a year later and try to hit you for 50% of what you own. So on the internal side of government, city level, county level, state level, when they wanted to build up an investment fund or enterprise operation, which they knew would be generating substantial money, and they had tax income coming in from the population. They thus created the selective presentation and the cost and an expense side, they left for the public to foot the bill, you know, on their selective presentation. The profit side, the power bases they were building up for the investment funds, they separated. To do so, they had to create their own internal laws or statutes to allow them to do so. Now, was the public aware? Not a clue. Walter, these are beyond slush funds. These are massive investment funds, right? I never use the word slush fund. I've never have. Okay. Uh, the, uh, you know, even on the pension funds, they've been overfunding those for decades because every pension fund on the government level is power base where those monies are invested, determines what corporations made or broken, what real estate project is uh, developed or not developed anywhere in the world. So there's a lot of elbow grease and hobnobbing. You get different corporations banked and real estate projects backed. 
And we're talking on the collective totals and the trillions of dollars. So they have the full cooperation of the uh, syndicated media, the financial and industrial cartels. That's where the money was. The comprehensive annual finance report for the last 45 years was sent to all of the editors of the primary papers, the uh, CEOs and directors of ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, all of the state universities. State universities produced their own comprehensive annual finance report. School districts, community colleges, the financial houses, everyone was included except for one small little group, the entire population of the United States in general. There, the science's golden rule was maintained. If the public ever found out that local governments were charging them an arm and a leg on taxation, and at the same time building up power bases, financial fortunes, and taking over the marketplace, the insurance companies, the banks, and so forth, my investment would have had a revolution 45 years ago. So it was essential on the silence's golden routine due to the money involved in the cooperative players. I told people for over 14 years, try to get your local editor to make simple and conspicuous mention of the comprehensive annual finance report and have the public look at it, or your local politician or your uh, talking head. Anyone who's part of the syndicate will refuse. I mean, not not a mention, not a word. I emphasize the point that silence is golden rule was essential to perpetuate the game. How did you do your due diligence to sort out that the CEOs and directors of the news stations and every editor of every paper on every coast was clearly well, when complicit? I, when I first found out about this, to mind, I was a tenant of the World Trade Center in the uh, financial arena for years. And I said, why did I never hear of this? And I thought it was maybe uh, a few people in a selective gang that were included. So I called the mailroom of the Department of Treasury in New Jersey at the time. I wanted to find out who it was sent to. I figured it was a small list. And the woman on the other side, she goes, sir, I can't read you this list on the phone. It's way too long. I said, how big is it? She was oh, about 5,800. <laughs> and she qualified saying it was broken up into three categories, media, education, and general. Media, education, and general, right? Yeah. Under okay. general, every senator, congressman got sent a copy each and every year. Keep in mind, every report was signed on by the governor of the state. Under media, you know, networks, papers were all sent. And I noticed on the networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC, she, you know, mentioned like 117 reports, 86 reports, 104 reports. And I said, how come they're getting so many? She was well distributed between the CEO and all the directors. So they had included one in for every director of the networks. Now I'm seeing the biggest cooperative effort for non-disclosure I had ever seen in my lifetime. You know, to be able to keep this back from the population, they needed the full cooperation, syndicated media, controlled education, political parties. So they were included. They knew the money involved. They saw the network grease that took place on where the investment funds were invested, where the money was spent. So, you know, you had a lot of individuals on the fatted cow, you know, sucking away there, getting uh, wealthy and building up their empires. The government employees, you know, they were all getting hefty pay and constant raises and good pension retirement funds. So they were kept extremely compliant with cooperation. The population, on the other hand, more taxes, more money. And there's a very important psychological point here. And that is government was always prime broke and constantly getting the population up for more money. And not just from taxation, in fines, fees, everything else, constant increases, where the public was screaming, no, no more, no more, no more. And the important psychological aspect here, 
I like to use simple analogies and people get the point. Say, for example, you had two neighbors, Larry on the right, Brian on the left. Okay, Larry comes knocking on your door. Oh, I lost my job. My mortgage payment is due. Uh, they're going to take my house next month. If I don't make a payment, can I borrow two grand? And you're there. Okay. And you give them two grand. Then you get a knock on the uh, door and it's uh, Brian, you know, on the left. Hey, I'm taking my citizen citation up to Munich, Germany uh, for the Oktoberfest. Gone with Willie Nelson, Mel Gibson. I've got a few of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders and even got a hot tub on my uh, plane for the trip over. And you want to go? You're there. Sure. <laughs> so you go to Munich and go to the Oktoberfest, hobnob with the celebrities, have a phenomenal time, come back. Another knock on the door. Larry. Uh, just found out wife has cancer. She doesn't have an operation that's gone to die. Can I borrow 3500 bucks? And I said, no. Okay. Brian then knocks on your door. Hey, uh, this weekend I'm going over to Zurich, Switzerland in the jet, and we're going to have lunch up in the Alps, and Elle's gone again. Willie and a few other people, uh, and Margaret, and you want to go? You're there? Sure. You go to uh, Zurich, Switzerland, have a great time. When you get back, you're searching the internet on Brian. You want to find out everything he does, how he made his money, who he knows, what's important to him, what's not important to him. You want to get every little detail about him. Larry on the right, you don't even want to think about him and cringe at the thought of him knocking on the door again. Well, government plays very good Larry's, even though they have the net worth of a million Bryans. They've been perpetuating that routine, taking more, 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 more from the population for the last 65 years. As I mentioned, the silence is golden routine was extremely essential. But they had to keep their own records, and their own records were the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. So they have to have assumed that nobody like you would actually read them. Well, keep in mind with the syndicated media, I'll give you one example from back in the 90s. We had an interview for the Arizona Republic. Now, the uh, state of Arizona's Comprehensive Annual Financial Report for 1994 and talked to the reporter uh, nonstop regarding the collective wealth and so forth. And he was doing a article on malicious. It came out in July 6th, I think, of 95. And uh, they did a two-page write-up, full copy on two pages, and including a front-page picture. No mention of the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. Well, a friend of mine, Brian Quigg, who was an investigative reporter, he goes, I know that reporter. He's a square egg. I can't see him uh, intentionally blocking this out because I told him what I told him. And he called him on a conference call after the niceties. Brian goes, Walter mentioned the Comprehensive Annual Finance Report over and over again. I talked to you about it for an hour and a half and not one word in two pages of an article on the front page story. Why? Because why? I'd actually mentioned it about eight or nine times, but my editor didn't think it was newsworthy and cut it out. I intervened at that point in time. I said, listen, there's 100% blackout on the mention of the Comprehensive Annual Finance Report. I asked around the newsroom if anyone heard about it. You know, you have all the different booths and all the reporters. And he calls out, anyone heard of the Comprehensive Annual Finance Report? He goes, no, no one's heard of it. And I said, ask your editor. He goes, I did. He was standing right next to me. He said, he never heard of it. I said, good. Call the mailroom that sends out the annual finance report from the state of Arizona. Find out your editor has been Senate for the last 11 years. Then asked him again if he's heard of it. When he says, no, this time you'll know he's lying straight to your face. He goes, why would my editor lie to me? I said, to perpetuate the biggest game in town, you needed full cooperation, syndicated media, control of education, both political parties. They were included in on the disclosure. They've been sent the report for 35, 40 years. 
they know the silence is not to be broken and is to be maintained. And your editor, he knows what's going on. And say, for example, you as a cub reporter came forward saying, I just found out the difference between the budget and the cash gross receipts and came across the annual finance report. I'm going to do a major feature story on this. They say to you, no, you're not. You're doing a story on butterflies in Argentina. Here's your ticket. So over the decades, anyone who had a mention in RP and tried to force the issue got booted, drug out into the back alleys and watered on and got bumped from the business. Any politician who brought up the comprehensive annual finance reports, there were very few that did. Who did? Because they, when I first started, there was a guy running for governor, Rich Smith, out in Oregon. And he was already on the Republican Party ticket, but he brought up the Comprehensive Annual Finance Report, put it up on his website. He got dropped from the Republican Party like a hot potato, never to be mentioned again. There was a woman in South of North Carolina, Rebecca Sutherland, who had run for Senate, and she was now running for governor. She brought up the Comprehensive Annual Finance Report, put it on her website and so forth. The uh, press painted her as a witch, right? They put a little cartoon of a witch riding a broomstick <laughs> on the front of their paper in reference to her. She got about 4% of the vote, but zero mention of what she was bringing up and knocked off into obscurity. I love when people say, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. They're, sheesh! They have no clue on what they're saying. Both the Republican and Democratic parties were started as private associations designed from the get-go to get their people in to have access to the till, period. I mean, you're, you're talking hundreds of billions of dollars. They wanted to direct that to whose corporation is going to get the money, uh, whose investment house, uh, insurance company, uh, so on, so on, and so on. You know, the public has always been an afterthought. I had a friend, Steve Porak, out of Phoenix. He runs a company called Desert Sky Construction. At one point, they wanted him to be a Republican committee man, and they brought the state head to brief him. During the conversation, the state head said, the public, whatever you want to tell them, doesn't matter. When you get in, they get our people elected and they can do whatever they want, period. When he heard that, he said, no, thanks. Don't want to be a committee man. Turned his back, walked away. It was all designed around money, period. Democratic Party, Republican Party, they've been networking for 60, 70 years to have access to the till. The hand-selected candidates usually are the ones that are cooperative regarding access to the till and distribution between the internal players of so the funds and the wealth and investments and so forth. If somebody came up with uh, ideas, well, we should disclose this to the public. In fact, we have so much money, we can drop taxation in half. Well, uh, have a good day. There's the door. This is the constant standard. And as I mentioned on the syndicated media, if anyone mentioned, they got slammed. Controlled education. Keep in mind, your city school district was out a comprehensive annual finance report. State university, community colleges. Also, not a mention, not a peep, not a word. I've talked to probably over 100 school teachers over the years. For example, a seventh grade history teacher, economics, whatever, said to her class, Well, class, here's our school district's budget report, and here's our school district's comprehensive annual finance report. Let's see if we can spot the differences. Should find her walking paper so fast she wouldn't know what hit her. It's money. Who created the CAFR? It was established in 1946 by a group called Government Financial Officers Association. They're GFOA.org on their website. Now, GFOA was a 100% private association created by the gang, so to say, to network government. Government has always been where the money was. A hundred years ago, 10,000 years ago, days of the pharaohs, 
That's where the money is. When you say 100% private association, is that nonprofit? I don't think they have a uh, nonprofit designation on JFOA, but they have memberships and financial managers from all across the country are members. In fact, when they started in 1946, they didn't just target the United States, they targeted the United States and Canada. In Canada, instead of the CAFR, C-A-F-R, it's the C-A-N-F-R, the Canadian Financial Report. Even in Canada, selectively created budget reports were presented to the public and the annual financial report never mentioned. So there's a lot of people in Canada digging into this also now and finding some very interesting revelations. When I looked at their different provincial annual financial reports, I noticed on the west coast of Canada, which was primarily undeveloped, these provinces had $8.5 billion, $10 billion advance for liability funds to develop the coastal property. I put in roads, sewer lines, water lines, electric, the whole nine yards. Now, if you're on the internal track and knew that there was a $8.5 billion fund designated to develop this whole strip of land, it's undeveloped land now. You go in there buying as much property as you get your hands on, pennies on the dollars, you know, because it was undeveloped. Four, five, six, ten years, the province was going to sink in eight and a half billion dollars to build roads, waterways, sewers, streets, and so forth. Thus, the value of your property would go up tenfold with the pension funds building up, self-insurance funds building up. You know, where those funds were invested, you had all the politicians, their buddies from the corporate world, the financial world, all networking back and forth on who's going to get the investment capital. Every investment fund, large and small, is a power base. Can emphasize that point enough. Now, in 2007, what I focus on is collect totals. Between local and federal government, a conservative figure was about $110 trillion. They have domestic and international. The portion that's international is probably about 45, close to $50 trillion. When you look at some of the annual financial reports, what I mentioned for people to do is pull up a pension fund annual financial report due to due diligence laws they still have to list what they purchase when current market value and so forth so i have a few examples up on my website caffer1.com on my articles page right at the top you'll see an example of one large government investment and i put up calsters the california teachers retirement fund which is a big right, one right. excellently managed excellent returns every year 35 40 years there's a pie chart on that page Pie charts interactive. You click on equities, it'll go to the counselor's site and it'll say domestic or international. You click on international, it lists about 69 countries. Which country? Poland, Russia, Czechoslovakia, Vietnam, Korea, South America, Mexico, Argentina, Venezuela. Click on the country and it'll show what investments are held in that country. You click on real estate, it'll list all of the projects. Shopping malls, office buildings, farm complexes, cash loans also, or bond participation. And when you start looking for the first time, it'll floor you because you've been kept in a void intentionally created in your mind by soundbite conditioning direction. Make sure you were off in left field as they conducted business as usual on right field. So when people look for the first time, they just roll a blank. In fact, when people pull up their comprehensive annual finance report, which they listed it on the internet. So about 20% of the comprehensive annual finance report, you do a Google search on them, they pop up for downloading. Say city of Miami, put it in quotes, and then put annual financial report in quotes. Dip, up pops your annual financial report. 
state of Texas, state of Massachusetts, state of California, Los Angeles County, the city of Los Angeles, Burbank, California. Put annual financial report and quotes after it, bip, up they pop. The thing was never mentioned, but if somebody came back to him saying, you're non-disclosing on your comprehensive annual financial report, we should have known about this 45 years ago. What are you talking about? It's right here on our internet site. Anyone can look at it. Yeah, right. Without one mention, not a piece, not a word for directing the population to it. I'm trying for 10 years to get local governments to put on their tax statements. We strongly recommend that you uh, review our local government's annual financial report. You also spoke with a federal auditor who you talked to and you briefed about it. What did that, he say? That was in 1999. Certain national disclosure in June of 98. In 99, I got a call from a, a Gerald Clatt, the retired federal auditor of 30 years, commander auditing special investigations for the Air Force for the first 15 years, then commander of special investigations auditing for the eight southern western states on the contracts the Air Force had with those states. He had seen comprehensive annual financial reports before, but he was looking at them as the individual leaf or tree in the forest. What I briefed him on were the collective totals the specialty investment funds and the trillions in some cases, and the takeover by investment of the insurance companies, Fortune 500 companies, so on and so on and so on. About three months later, he called me back and he goes, Walter, what we have here in this country is 100% communism under the guise of a free market capitalist system. The government owns and controls everything on there. Uh, yeah. My specialty was looking at all of the factors and then compiling whether the prices are going up, down, or how fast, or how slow. He was a trained financial auditor. So I challenged him to do reviews of Capper's surplus review reports and start a website to do so. Six months later, he launched CapperMan.com and started putting up individual reviews of states. And he was from Arizona, so he put up on the front page, you'll see the different states, and at the bottom, you'll see County of Maricopa, City of Mesa, City of Tempe, City of Phoenix, uh, and so forth. Individual reviews of some cities and counties also, showing the billions of dollars of surplus revenue sitting on each, the uh, line item disclosures of each category. And he just looked at non designated, non assigned funds that, you know, where they couldn't figure out where to spend it. <laughs> you know. Come 2001, 2002, 2003, between my efforts and Gerald's effort, we had the biggest crack in the dam, and the public was learning very quickly. And back in 2000, one Sunday morning, my phone rang, uh, Henry Kissinger, what are you doing? What you're doing? <laughs> are you serious? So spent, Wait a minute. Are yeah, you I, serious? I, yeah. I spent an hour and a half on the phone with him. And during the conversation, he goes, well, actually, on the investment funds, we are building those up so we can reduce taxation. Yeah, right. You're building wealth and raising taxation at the same time. Yeah, yeah. His statement had zero truth to it. After that conversation, later on in the day, about 1030 at night, phone rings, Paul coming in from Australia. He was the head of the Bilderberger Group for Australia. Also wanted to know why I was doing what I was doing, so I told him Bottom line was, you had so many cooperative players on the inside track, moving the investment capital, the wealth, the gross income, having carte blanche, basically, through their networking. They created many private associations. Keep in mind, the Democratic and Republican parties were there to keep control over the population and make sure that their people got access to the till, not somebody else. What was the true message from Henry Kissinger to you, and what was the true message well, he, wanted, he wanted to know, you know, because here they had maintained the silence golden rule since 1946, had full control over the syndicated media, controlled education, both political parties. 
And here's Waller. I did 130 radio programs in the first two months. Went to war starting June 8th of 1998. You know, I was breaching the silence's golden rule, and he wanted to know why, what I was trying to do. Most people that breach, especially on the political level, are taken out. They use it as a leverage tool to get what they want inside politics. They don't mention it, but they discuss it internally, and it's a way to keep them quiet. Well, you want to build a condominium complex in Sydney, Australia on the beach? We have $55 million from Fund X, which we can back that project for you. <laughs> yeah. The arrangement's done, and that person now is set for life. Were you offered that? I, I mean, it, it was obvious that I was on a mission, extremely uh, irate, and not going to happen. What they did do, though, in 1999, when I first started National Disclosure, 98, June of 98, there were two local hits sent out on me and one uh, from San Diego. Yeah, I grew up in New Jersey, kind of one of the boys, and, you know, I have that sixth sense, you know, when the hawk is swooping down on the rabbit. I spotted all three, caught it, found out who they were, who sent them. You know, I passed the words in their circle. I said if there was another attempt, the last words out of that person's mouth is who sent them, and the last words out of their mouth is who were they in cooperation with. The boys had seen me brush off three attempted hits, and they said, well, if water comes after us, we could have a problem here. Yeah, I wouldn't have hesitated. Not at all. So no attempted fourth hit, but these guys do not play fair. You know, I had my kids kidnapped from me effectively through the court. You know, these are all attorneys and judges that are networking in the local structures, creating these statutes and laws to build the public and maintain the cash flows. I haven't seen my children now for six years. Uh, prior to that, I had the abuse of them dangling in front of me and grabbed. My son was kidnapped out of my arms twice. I haven't seen him for six years. I could go on and on and on. And I have over 10,000 pages of documentation, spent thousands of hours trying to reply to their court actions and intentional screws. And both my parents were directors in the state government. I mentioned my father. My mother was the head supervisor for the Middlesex County Welfare Board, child legal support unit for 32 years until she retired. I grew up over the dinner table, you know, listening to all the stories. My father left the Department of Treasury as director of personnel, being that it was his responsibility to find the best person for the job. So if the directorship was opening up, he'd find the best qualified candidate to do the job. And nine times out of ten, the political shill who couldn't tie his own shoelaces was appointed to the position. So he threw his hands up and left the state of New Jersey, saying it was a waste of time. And I went over to Johnson & Johnson. He retired at J&J. He was the head corporate compensation manager. He determined all the salaries and benefits for all the executives of J&J, both domestic and internationally. I was always told over the dinner table, never fight City Hall. They'll destroy you. <laughs> but if you do fight City Hall, make sure you document everything. Over and over again, when they screw you the first time, do nothing, second time, third time, fourth time, just document everything and make it so obvious and clear that a three-year-old would know, and then go after him. Well, I documented everything. As I mentioned, over 10,000 pages of documentation, even back in 98, based on what the courts and the local players were doing, criminal conspiracy level, and the judicial misconduct. Even I had the judge on the case, Bob Brutonell, network with the city attorney and the county board of supervisors to make sure I didn't get anything accomplished on my custody case, and also to try to destroy my business. And he even made the comment I'd be taken care of out of court. And this back around time when I had two local hits sent after me. But I had an FBI agent, Kim Kelly, looking into it. Gave him at that time about 3,500 pages of documentation. Two months later, he came back as well. Didn't know what to think of you when I first met you, but I looked into your documentation, made a few phone calls. 
and found out everything you told me was true. What can I do? I said, well, these guys have blocked investigation and indictment. Get them indicted. I mean, it's clear cuts of criminal misconduct, counts, get them indicted, and so forth. Three times, the FBI agent uh, put together a case for indictment, including solicitation to commit murder as an accessory for the judge on the case, Brutonell. Three times, the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office said, no, nope, we're not going to go there. Nope, we're not going to go there. Nope, we're not going to go there. So they uh, even blocked the FBI agent getting accountability. Brutonell, by the way, after the FBI could not do anything, I checked with everyone. They said, well, there's just the Commission for Judicial Misconduct. So I sent a two-page letter with them listing about 25 crimes that were committed, including solicitation to commit murder. Said I have over several thousand pages of documentation, 30-some-odd witnesses. Just pick out two of the crimes, and I will send you back all the documentation and introduce you to the witnesses. Well, I'm waiting on a reply. Four months later, I get a reply back saying, we've investigated your complaint, found it unfounded, and dismissed it without requesting one piece of paperwork or talking to one witness. Two months later, they appointed Bob Brutnell to their Commission for Judicial Misconduct. And I said, sheesh, isn't that a statement for politics in Arizona? Last year, he was appointed to the Arizona Supreme Court by uh, Governor Hall. Again, another strong statement for politics in New Jersey. Back from that time period, from 96 to 99, you know, I have enough documentation on him to get a 40-count indictment. You know, a whole barrage of uh, listing. In fact, all the witnesses that came forward on my behalf were all arrested and rousted within four to 48 hours of making a report or appearing in court. It's an organized crime syndicate. I'm clear. The public is entertained off in la-la land. The tiger cheat on his wife? This, that, and the other thing, keeping them off on non-consequential issues. Watching their football game, their baseball game, selective sound bites coming out from government. Walter, what do you expect people to do? What do you expect the public to do? The first thing is look and keep in mind everyone has been sound bite conditioned to have a void, a vacuum created in their mind regarding looking. Now, I've gotten thousands of calls from people uh, over the years. My city's raising taxes, my county's raising taxes, my school district's raising taxes, and they can go on and on and on for hours. And I've learned to stop them. And I'll say, I have a few questions for you. And I said, do you know how much cash you got in your pocket? Yeah. Why do you want to know? I said, I don't want to know. I just want to know if you know. Do you know what your checking account balance is? Yeah. Do you know what the value of any investments you have are? Yeah, I have a pretty good idea. Why do you want to know? I said, I don't want to know. I just want to know if you know. Yeah, I know. I said, do you know approximately what your net worth is? You have a pretty good idea. Why do you want to know? I said, well, you just told me about your school district, city, county, state, whatever, raising taxes and going on and on for hours. How much money did your city bring in last year? They'll say, "Uh, I don't know. I said, take a guess. I can't. Why? Don't have a clue. What about their investments? What's the total of their investments? Uh, City has investments? Oh, yeah, massive. You know how much? Not a clue. Take a guess. I can't. Why? They, they refused to even guess. They said, do you know approximately what their net worth is? Uh, no. Right? So here, what is basic and fundamental to each and every one of us, every day of our lives, since we're little kids up until when we die, how much cash do we have in our pocket? How much do we bring in for the year? What's the value of our investments? And approximately what our net worth is, you know, rolls through our minds and it's there for us to call on any day of the week, all of our lives. And regarding government, city, county, state, school district, enterprise operations, an intentional vacuum and void was created 
to the basic fundamentals and every one of us personally in our own lives. I find it amazing they pulled that off, but then you got to look at the money involved. We're talking more money than Midas ever dreamed about. And a bunch of gritty little attorneys networking within the structure, dotting the I's, crossing the T's to build up their personal financial empires for the last 65, 70 years. Public's up against a pretty stiff competition there in opposition that's well-refined operating as a corporate megalith of unequaled income proportions. And they have the ability to hire the best psychologists, best market strategists, best survey people, and to keep the public off in la-la land, distracted, misdirected, and not being of any consequence to the reality of the game being played. They only talk about tax monies, never the investment income, never the enterprise income. They always give a selectively created budget report, never the annual financial report. Even the people that have learned millions of people are now looking, millions. I've reached probably over 50 million people in the last 10 years. And I'll get a lot of calls from people. Now, it's someone who's sharp in business, okay? They get the annual financial report for the city, county, state, school district, local, state university. Things pop out of them. They start catching things pretty quick. But the average American, they pull it out and they just draw a blank. They're sound by condition never to have heard of it before, so they draw a blank. What I tell them, I said, if I said I had Bill Gates' statement of net worth, you want to see it? Everybody would say, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I want to see Bill Gates' statement of net worth. They'd get it. they start looking through it. I knew Bill had a chain of laundry stores in India. And look, he's got $2.5 billion with Deutsche Bank, $3 million with Credit Suisse. He owns apple orchards in Wisconsin and so on and so on and so on. They'd be jumping in looking. When people get their comprehensive annual finance report, blank zone void. I don't think it's that shocking. I don't think most people, even who are very astute, think they would understand it, get it, or be able to put it together. Yeah, a lot have, okay, but a lot haven't. It's all a matter of just sitting down and digesting. You know, which is what I did. I was a commodity trading advisor. It took I mean, I looked at it over two years before I digested most of it. And what I tell the people that have it, I tell them, picture they were in a car accident two months ago, had a major head injury, and had 100% amnesia. And all of their family and friends said, you're one of the wealthiest people in the country. And he said, uh, I am? <laughs> yeah. You get a copy of your statement of net worth real fast. Okay, and start digesting what you had, where it is, how you got it, what you're doing with it before someone stole it from you. Okay. And I mentioned to people when they get their annual financial report for the local city, county, or state, look at it in the same perspective as if it's theirs and they have amnesia. They'll then change their focus to clear. The brain goes into high gear. They start reading through the notes, spotting different investment funds, spotting different management groups, spotting different locations where things are done. They start digesting 100 times faster than if they just got a book saying, oh, what does it all mean? Okay, so now progress us to your direction for solving it or the response to this. You know, like how the Mayan calendar says the world is going to end in 2012? (laughs) Well, what they mean there is the world's going to change. It's going to be a whole new beginning. And, you know, all of these religious zealots always say, the world's coming to an end, the world's going to be destroyed. You know, I always reply back to them. I said, you're jumping the gun there a little bit. Did you ever hear of the millennium? We were promised a thousand years of prosperity, one and all. That hasn't happened yet, so you're a little bit soon on the end of the world. 
But regarding on the millennium, a thousand years of prosperity, government did such an excellent job taking over the investment wealth in their collective totals. The banks, brokerage houses, insurance companies, Fortune 500 companies, when you break down the 187,000 local governments, each with their own investments, each with their own assets, and you have federal government, 20,000 some odd separate agencies, each with their own investments, each with their own assets, and you have the federal enterprise operations. Government is actually bringing in more gross income than the entire population of the United States. We'll need another show to qualify that one, but it's, you know, it's, it is true. Progress us to what's next. What I realized, especially looking at the investment income, was they were bringing in as a 2000 more on investment return globally than all taxation collected in the country. So investment income became the number one portion of the gross income followed by taxation, followed by enterprise income. Enterprise would be like recycling plants, golf courses, the city, county, the whole plethora of New Jersey Turnpike, Grand State Parkway, and so forth. By the way, I thought it was very interesting that you talked about how Arizona owns a golf course and that Washington State in 10 years' time has 100% growth in government. That's wild. Yeah, like even all of these cities, counties, and states, oh, we're close to bankruptcy after the 2008 market crash. Oh, we're going to have to lay off teachers. We're going to have to fire police and sound by conditioning the population. If you pull up their annual financial report, okay, take a look at their gross income from 2008 to, say, 2011. The same ones, Los Angeles, city, county, and everything else, the same ones that were crying they're in a crunch and had to cut back everything, they increased their gross income by 30 35% in four years. Okay? If you look at Los Angeles County in 2007, just their normal budget, what they're spending was $17.5 billion. Okay? Come $17.5 billion just for Los Angeles County. Okay, so now go to 2011, take a look. They're up to close to $25 billion. Duh. The public is not that stupid. If they look, here they're being presented, well, we're cutting back. We have a crisis in California. Yeah, a crisis of public ignorance as they collect and take more <laughs> on every local government. As they're saying, they're cutting back. If a public corporation did the same thing, they'd all be indicted. But being that their government controlling the whole show have truckloads of cash rolling into the door, thousands of attorneys networking with each other to get their little chunk of the kitty, the public never stood a nice cube's chance in hell. They're just masterfully entertained off in La La Land as the boys cut their little deals behind closed doors to guarantee themselves their own little financial empires, large and small, down the road. And I go back to the basics. Everyone knows how much cash they have in their pocket, how much they bring in, their investments, their net worth. But the boys have created an entire void and vacuum, never mentioned, never repeat, never discussion, never talk. I'll go back to a conversation I had with a senator from North Carolina, Cal Cunningham, way back when. North Carolina was setting a $700 million shortfall on their budget and pitching the public for a $700 million tax increase. And I said, Cal, if North Carolina went back to where they were just three years ago and, and froze expansion, They'd have a $5 billion surplus this year. You know, what they forgot to mention was they increased expenditures by about $5 billion of $4.something billion, which created the $700 million shortfall. So people hear a $700 million shortfall, but they don't hear that the government took in 20, 30, 40, 50% more. It's just a selective presentation game. And the public sits there off in La La Land being soundbite conditioned and entertained. Uh, again, there's something wrong here. I just can't put my finger on it. 
if you uh, all had a chance at millions of dollars, a lot of people would be rather unscrupulous on grabbing and running with it. In government, they have trillions rolling in and well-refined corporate network of cooperative players with the cooperation of syndicated media controlled education, both political parties with their hands into the till. So it's a well-refined art that's maintained and the silence is golden rule is uh, strictly enforced and the public is utilized as a productivity resource to be drained and managed. So basically there's a insidious, systemic, structural corporate apparatus run by attorneys making this happen due to the money involved. And apparently the major power brokers of the world are aware of it. And the big agencies like Bilderberg and people like Henry Kissinger are obviously aware of it and involved in some way, shape or form. Right. And one sad point is, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, the old timers who when they established government structures and so forth and didn't want to see the public get screwed, they try to put in protections and so forth. Those protections are all being circumvented and the old timers are dying off and they're being replaced with a bunch of spoiled little yuppies who would sell their mother for an extra 50,000 bucks who are attorneys. If you look at your congressmen, senators and governors, probably about 70 percent are attorneys. And most people don't even realize they're attorneys and they're voting for them. There is no longer a separation of powers doctrine. You know, the way the uh, United States was set up, administrative, executive, judicial were all kept separate, and they've all blended together under minions of attorneys running the show as one structured corporate operation to utilize population as a productivity resource to be drained and managed. And keep in mind, that aspect of the population being a productivity resource to be drained and managed, you know, that's been in place for 10,000 years. Go back to the days of the pharaohs. Population was a productivity resource to be drained and managed. The Mayan Empire, population productivity resource to be drained and managed by the government. So that's been in place for 10,000 years. It's well-refined art in the United States. And what I found and brought forward is currently, as I mentioned, you know, the population, which is one power group, the biggest population-wise. Then you have the financial industrial complex and government administration. Well, the financial and industrial complex and government administration have teamed up together to use the population as a productivity resource to be drained and managed. And taxation and quite a few other things were used to drain them. What I brought forward is that you can phase out and eliminate all taxation, put the population as the first line beneficiary of the wealth being brought in, where they build up their productivity value and investment income and net worth and actually generate more money coming in for government and a better circumstance for the financial and industrial complex. And the way that's done is what I call through creating of TRF funds, tax retirement funds. Everyone's familiar with a pension fund, and government hasn't missed a heartbeat in 70 years on making payouts. A pension fund set up to pay salaries and benefits at retirement, and government pension funds generate massive income each year in the trillions of dollars. You can set up on a TRF fund where it's identical to a pension fund, but instead of making the target of the return being to pay salaries and benefits at retirement, you make the target of the return to pay the ongoing budgetary obligations for that city, county, school district, state into perpetuity with the intent purpose of phasing out and eliminating all taxation. Now, all taxation is is a revenue source, period. Investment income, revenue source. Enterprise income, revenue source. You can use number two and number three, the investment and enterprise income, to supplement the revenue source of taxation where it's not needed. 
Very basic, very fundamental, proven over 65 years from government's own exemplary management of their own funds and massive returns. Now, the city of Mesa, Arizona, has already been doing this for 40 years in part. When the city council got together to incorporate the city of Mesa, they said, let's build a perfect structure that benefited the population and benefited government, benefited everybody. And what we're going to do is all of our investment funds will have to contribute X amount into the general purpose operating funds each year. All of our enterprise operations will have to contribute X amount into the general purpose operating funds each year. When I looked in 1999, 65% of the city's general purpose operating funds were funded by their own investment funds and enterprise operations. The city police, Mesa Police, which was one of the largest and best in the Phoenix Metroplex, they had their own investment fund. 99, I think it was at about 136 million or something. But it had generated 24, 26 million. The operating budget was 30 million and about 85% of the police's operating costs were funded by their own investment fund. The city owned the power company, the electric company. And the electric rates were the lowest in Arizona, but the power company pitched in 35 to $100 million a year into the city's general purpose operating fund. So Mesa had the lowest city taxes in the state of Arizona. If you had a $230,000 home, your city tax bill was $230, <laughs> okay? Now, the county, which was not operating under that principle, tagged it for a good chunk of money. So they were a shining example of setting up this type of structure to benefit the population. But it was only done in part. The TRF fund is designed specifically under what I'll call the 12 commandments of the TRF funds to target all taxation, sales tax, property tax, corporate tax, the whole nine yards, to eliminate them, not just lower or subsidize, but to eliminate. In fact, you can even write into the perspectives that if the county investment trust gets to a certain level where it's having nice surpluses, you can make the payments on the state taxes for the liability the population has on state taxes. So you can phase out state tax liability even on the county level population now starts building up their productivity value. They maintain it. It's not drained from them. So they start building up their wealth and spending it back into the economy and so forth. The financial and industrial complex, here you have these massive TRF funds growing with unlimited capital reinvestment almost. So now they get their projects, their corporations back, their real estate ventures, their developments. So they're extremely happy. Government and administration TRF funds prospering, public having more money to spend, higher rates of return on the investment capital. They have truckloads of cash rolling in from the returns on the TRF funds to meet their general purpose operating budgets. So for the first time in history, you have all three power groups on the same page. Population, financial and industrial complex, and government administration. Win-win for all involved. Here's a... Uh, very basic point. The financial cartels and industrial complexes and government teamed up together to create a circumstance of greed and opportunity fulfilled. They've been laughing all the way down to the bank for the last hundred years under the structure. The public was, though, constantly drained, so the public was not too happy. When you have the population now as the first-line beneficiary of the structure with the elimination and phasing out of all taxation. And keep in mind also on the prospectus, as I mentioned, the 12 commandments. Which I want you to talk about. You know, one of the points is if you eliminate all taxation, the boys within government saying, we're not collecting taxation now. It's been supplemented by the TRF funds. 
Let's raise fines and fees. We'll increase a speeding ticket up to $250. They're going to try to take you for more. So under the prospectus, when the local government goes into operation, fees, service fees, fines, and everything else are frozen. In fact, a certain portion of the return from the TRF funds is bonus awards for reducing fines and fees. You know, your community pool, say, for example, it's $135 a year for family membership. That's frozen. And the TRF fund will start supplementing it, so that may go down to $65. Same thing with any other fine and fees. And any local government that increases fines and fees and service fees, they'll be penalized. So that's covered up front. One of the other points is to create a thriving economy in the local venues, so a good chunk of that massive revenue building up will be reinvested in the local venue operating under the TRF funds. Thus, thriving economy, good cash flow for the businesses there, population thriving, zero unemployment rate. The industrial and financial cartels, keep in mind as you have now trillion-dollar collective totals growing in the TRF funds, you can utilize those funds to develop and build things that are going to be extremely positive for the world. So alternative energy, solar, methanol production from the ocean, which you have the ability to produce just from the algae. Uh, you know, the algae and plankton that's produced in the ocean, if you took the annual production, would create about a 125-foot layer over the United States. I mean, it's massive. Tap into about 1%, 2% of it, and solar distillation, you can create methanol for uh, pennies on the liter and subsidize the entire country for all energy needs for automotive for all time to come. What do you think it's going to take to actualize this other instrument? It's been a long journey for me. I mean, I've been up against the political boys, and as I mentioned, you got a bunch of corrupt attorneys there, and they don't play fair. The kids attack, family attack, business attack, friends attack, and the whole nine yards trying to slow me down, but I've maintained focus. And there's going to be two counties launching uh, at the end of 2008 with a TRF fund prospectus. You know, I had to go through the entire process of getting the county board of supervisors elected in the whole nine yards. In the past, local governments were set under their operations here. The money was really good for them and flowing in the door under taxation and so forth and their court extortion rackets. But, you know, you can't go to them saying, well, would you like to implement the TRF funds and we'll phase out taxation and make the public first-line beneficiary? It's like going to the foxes and asking them, would you like to help build the defenses for the hen house so the hens aren't eaten? Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> what other areas around the country do you think are ripe for utilizing? Uh, 100% of the country. Yeah, and the way it's going to happen and play out. Two counties are going to come online at the end of 2012, going into the beginning of 2013. When the first county comes online at the end of 2012, I arranged years ago for a simulcast. I did 600 and some odd radio programs over the last 10 years. Radio show hosts, some go out to five, six, seven million people. They all said, well, we'll call back at any time if you want to do a show. Well, what I'm going to do is tie together about 30 on a simulcast. We're going to tape a two-hour show covering all the points from A to Z, including the introduction of the TRF funds in the United States, and they're applicable globally to create one global economy uh, without taxation. We just have a cash and investment society only. That leads basically into a thousand years of prosperity for one and all. And uh, it'll be about a two-hour show with all of the hosts participating. May even have a few treasurers from a few states coming in because they're starting to come online. Then the following day, you know, being that all radio show hosts go out at different times, the two-hour show will be aired as a simulcast, live simulcast. 
and reach probably about 50 million people in that one day. And by the end of the week, 90 million people will have heard by listening to the archives of the show. That's never been done in the history of this world before. I'm in the process of building up a data bank of 150,000 financial managers showing their performance record over 5, 10, 15, 25 years of the monies they were managing, most of them being pension fund managers for local governments. After the simulcast, I'll have a lot of calls from venues you know, all across the country. Well, we're interested in implementing the TRF fund principle in our local venue. So if I get a call, say, from Miami, Florida, I hit a keystroke on my computer. And up pops 15 managers showing their entire performance record for the last 20 years. They're selected as the assigned team to do the audit, statistical review, and present the prospectus, which I mentioned is going to be written in stone, the 12 commandments of the TRF prospectus, and then be the management team for that fund based on their performance criteria, being good managers with consistent records. At a stroke of a keypad, and also the database will monitor their performance There'll be set criteria on the prospectuses, phasing out property tax, sales tax, income tax, timelines for it to be met to eliminate taxation. So the database will monitor the performance, and if they're exceeding their time frame, they get their accommodation letter. Uh, excellent job, guys. If they're right online with the performance to meet the objectives, good job, keep up with the good work. If they're falling short, then corrective action is taken. But if I get a call from a 1,000 venues, 1,000 keystrokes, instantly puts it through automated, bang, 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 managers, monitoring of the fund, the whole nine yards. So after the simulcast, first year, should come on with about uh, anywhere from 700 to 2,000 local venues, now being implemented with the TRF operation to phase out taxation. My four-year objective would be to have close to 20,000 venues online. And now you have these massive TRF funds building, uh, unlimited capital reinvestment for the financial and industrial complexes, government now being happy with the rates of return coming in, subsidizing and fulfilling their general purpose operating budgets. Population are, are going to be getting into a very good mood. Their economy is going to be thriving, zero unemployment rates, uh, people building up their own personal wealth. It's a shared opportunity. It's a win-win for all involved, yeah. and it yeah. satisfies the greed and opportunity principle for all three structures, not just two of them. Right. And that's why it's a win-win situation, because you're not going to modify the biggest structure on the face of the planet that's well entrenched with a bunch of corrupt attorneys greasing the skids. You have to be able to build up a force that's equal to or stronger to modify. And here, the force from the TRS structure will become stronger to be that equal or stronger force. And when you start having the cooperation of the local governments, you start having cooperation of the financial and industrial cartels due to the money involved, okay, it just blossoms into a very fast, expedient application. As I mentioned, it's not just applicable in the United States, it's applicable in Canada, Australia, Russia, even China. Same structure creates a thriving economy in their group for the next thousand years. So, yes, the world may just change in 2012, as the mind calendar says. <laughs> How do we keep you alive so that you can fulfill what you started? I grew up in New Jersey. I ducked pretty quick, but uh, <laughs> I've maintained the focus on this. You know, what I find cute, when I first started on this, keep in mind I was a commodity trading advisor, one of the tenants of the World Trade Center. I used to pitch people on 50000 250000 million accounts for trading on commodities. Here, I'm up against, I mean, sheesh, the last 10 years, uh, whew, uh, you know, a lot of aggravation, a lot of problems. I mean, in the court systems, they were trying to rip my brain out of my nose, my heart out of my chest and doing a pretty good job at it. 
But I'm older, and I grew up in New Jersey. I had two good parents. I took fourth in the state in wrestling when I was in high school. Uh, Round belt and judo since I was 15. When I was 18 years old, I could flip over a Chevy Impala if I got mad. Since then, karate was Gary Alexander. Took the heavyweight title in Navy boxing. And, you know, I was always one of those guys since fifth grade when all the boys ganged up on the two little guys out in the courtyard. I was the one that stood next to the two little guys saying, you want to mess with them? I'm with them. Is there anybody who can carry on in case you're not with us anymore? Not that I'm aware of at this point in time. After the simulcast, then I built up the structure of the TRFA. As I mentioned, uh, four years from now, it should be uh, 20,000 plus venues online. And it's all being managed by the data bank, the database. It's all automated from start to finish. So there, I can put it on autopilot. The key point is a 12-point prospectus, not deviating from it. What you call the 12 commandments? The 12 commandments, correct. All right, do we get to know that now or we don't get to know that now? Well, I've already told you two or three points directly or indirectly. The bottom line is the number one commandment is the intent of maintaining the growth within government, limiting it and meeting the general purpose operating budgets from the return on the TRF funds, you know, to meet those objectives. You don't want what Kissinger was saying back in 2000. Well, we're building the investment capital to lower taxation. Yeah, right. You're building the investment capital, expanding government and increasing taxation, breeding opportunity under restraint, basically because the public didn't have a clue what was taking place right in front of them. Here, under TRF fund management, public becomes first-line beneficiary, not just through the elimination of taxes, but the lowering of fines, fees, and every other aspect of what government charges. And the clear intent... Commandment number one <laughs> is to maintain that clear intent of limiting the growth, maybe a maximum two and a half percent growth in government per year, lowering of the cost and you know, meeting the expenses and so forth. I mean, it's written in stone. You don't want to give them carte blanche to start raising now on the TRF funds, tens of millions, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars and not phasing out taxation or even increasing. You know, that's what they've been doing for the last 30 years. Now, you talked about in your main video introducing this whole thing that's going on, that it's obvious it's a parasitic situation. I get that. You say the public is the host and the parasite is bigger than the host. How do you see a CITA reversing well, I that? Initially, or I initially called it a CITA, Citizens Investment Trust Account. Yes. But what I've transitioned into is just simply TRF, Tax Retirement Fund. Okay. Do you know the name Alex Jones? Yes. And we did 40, 50 shows back in the early 2000s. But one time, Alex said, based on the parasitic nature of government, how would you describe that? And I said, well, picture a 100-pound dog with a 200-pound stick stuck on its back that it's dragging around. <laughs> and that was a pretty good representation. No, it is. I did, but- I did, I did a show with George Norrie from Coast to Coast a while back. And during the show, I said, George, do you know the easiest way I can steal $250,000 from you? His first reply was, tax me. I said, no, there's a much easier way. And he goes, how's that, Walter? I said, if you didn't know you had it in the first place. Yeah, which is the silence is golden routine that has yes. been played out for the last but, 65 years. But let's go back to my question, which is since the parasite is bigger than the host in this situation, with the introduction of your new instrument coming into play, how do you see the parasite not getting bigger and bigger? Because you're still feeding no, well, it, aren't you? Well, that's you? why I'm saying the 12 commandments of the zero perspectives. But what you want to do here is kill the parasite. Okay. You know, this has happened 100 times throughout history all over the world. And usually what happens is the public becomes irate. The envelope's pushed. 
And all of a sudden, you know, French Revolution, the elite find themselves drug out into the streets and off with their heads. Russian Revolution, they find themselves drug out into the street and shot. Not a pleasant environment, uh, not too productive for uh, peace, tranquility, and the millennium. Where the terror comes into play, as I mentioned, by including the population as a first-line beneficiary, the parasite gets smaller, 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 smaller until it phases out and disappears. Because the parasite equates to taxation, primarily. The other aspect of the parasitic is the fees, fines, and everything else, which are also covered under the DTRF funds to lower and reduce substantially. So the parasite dies off and falls off. And what you then have are, let's call them three rabbits, population, financial, industrial cartels, and government administration. When you take the evil parasitic nature out of the structure, that's when you have the millennium, the next thousand years of peace, tranquility, and prosperity for one and all. Because now you have a symbiotic relationship where the population is included. They're not the one being drained and managed. When you're being drained and managed and the greed and opportunity principle is unrestrained, you're screwed in plain language. It's happened every single time in the history of the world all over the planet. But when, as I mentioned, this structure now is the first time in history that all three power groups are on the same page, same objectives. No longer does this government want to manage and drain the population. They want to see the population as wealthy and as prosperous as possible. The more wealthy and prosperous the population is, the more the economy is blossoming, the more investment return coming in on the TRF funds, thus more truffles of cash rolling in the door. That's well articulated. How do you take the new instrument and make sure that it has true legal standing? I created a website last year called taxretirement.com. Just put up a few basics on the right side. I list about 100 different government pension fund groups. They're the same managers that will manage the TRF funds. That's why I put them up there. There's a link for a basic four-point template initiative. Okay, on that template initiative... It covers the implementation of the TRF fund through audit statistical review and prospectus presented and approved by the population. It covers the aspect that the TRFA will have the full cooperation of city, county, state attorneys, U.S. federal attorneys on the implementation of the TRF fund and the audit and statistical review. And keep in mind, on the city level, city attorney is going to sign off on it. County level, county attorney is going to sign off on it. State level, state attorneys are going to sign off on it. So if there's any problems, they're addressed and pointed out. And right. But in terms of the actual legal structure of it, how do you still see it having legal It's standing? identical to a pension fund. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's trillions of dollars of collective government pension funds in place today. Okay. And they have their legal standing and their structure. TRF fund is set up identical. I mean, identical to a local government pension fund, except... Instead of targeting the return to pay salaries and benefits at retirement, the return is targeted to pay the ongoing budgetary obligations for that city, county, state, and school district. So you have the entire structure in place today. It's a modification of what the return is looking for. In so doing, you now have taxation phased out and eliminated, fines and fees eliminated or lowered, and public is the first-line beneficiary, period. Under the TRF prospectuses, which are set up identical to local government pension funds. The whole structure that we have today has been built up on greed, extortion, the whole nine yards, uh, unrestrained, and the population has been getting screwed at every turn of the page. Here, under the TRF funds, they're no longer in a position to be drained and managed. They're the first-line beneficiary of the investment wealth, enterprise income, and so forth, where taxation is phased out. 
the most important point of all, it changes the motive and intent of government, where government wants to see the population as wealthy and as prosperous as possible. But to make that transition, you have a lot of attorneys and politicians that have been laughing all the way down to the bank for decades and have built up their own personal empires or are building up their own personal empires. They don't want to change their well-refined clock you know, of extortion to create the power necessary to get that done. By example, this happens because the first two counties that launch and then reaching 90 million people in a week, everyone gets the basics and this is all basic. It's not complicated. And you thus get the full drive and support of the population. And I won't say more important, but very important, the financial and industrial cartels are not idiots. You know, they've been bidding for the government investment funds for decades. At any one of their board meetings, if they discuss the TRF programs, let's say this could grow a larger than the government pension funds in a few years, unlimited capital reinvestment, they're going to start backing the implementation. Government administration, there's a few ethical and honest still out there. You know, they're going to go full bore into getting this done and getting it done quickly. Their population becomes very happy. Uh, you know, the structure's in place, and they are meritorious in their application. Your fundamental assumption is that the motive and intent is going to change, and the public is going to be the number one beneficiary of this new expression of shared opportunity. If the fundamental assumption is that it's not just about the money, but it's about control over populations, it would be useful to have a little more time to chew on, because there are many apparatuses that are going on simultaneously, high-frequency trading, derivatives, we could go on all day about the number of apparatuses. Create an opportunity right. right, but there's spent. many, many, many instruments that are feeding that. You've locked into one main line, okay? But there are right. other parallel main lines. So mm -hmm. all I'm saying to you is that if, in fact, control is more important, you may find, even if the public is irate, it doesn't mean the public will function in a sound mind and in clear action. Well, keep in mind, as I mentioned, the population, you, myself, and everyone else has been sound by condition to have a void in cognitive thinking in certain areas. Yes. The industrial and financial cartels have been cooperating with government due to the money involved to get their projects, their money, and their cash flows rolling along to the exclusion of the population. So that meant entertaining the population off in the la-la land, never thinking about the basics so they wouldn't come in and try to intervene. Here... You have a situation where you can actually generate more capital reinvestment for the financial and industrial cartels, larger than stands right now. You can create more income coming in for government than actually stands right now and build up a wealth base within the population where they're ecstatic and prosperous. So, again, I go back to the intent and motive changes. Even on the industrial and financial cartels, no longer cooperation with exclusion and non-disclosure, government administration also, there's no reason to have the exclusion and non-disclosure taking place if everything is now out in the open and the public is first-line beneficiary. And so think very closely regarding the how the intent and motives change. No, I understand vis-a-vis -vis what you're saying. I get it. And I even get how you've set this up and the thinking behind it, which I applaud. I'm just saying to you, if in fact the fundamental assumption is that they wouldn't mind sharing 
or that there's not more than the money going on here, which well, is you're, you're, you're missing the point when you say wouldn't mind sharing. Sharing implies giving something. Well, I'm talking about sharing the opportunity In sharing the opportunity. They get more when you create a nice level playing field and a very prosperous situation. They're all thriving. Right now, government's facing a revolt from the population equivalent to the Russian Revolution or the French Revolution. And when you look at any revolution that's taken place in the world's history, it doesn't start beginning of the week and end at the end of the week. It goes on for years and years, sometimes decades, and as far as the Roman Empire was concerned, hundreds of years. But inevitably, they faced their revolutions over time, which uh, drug them down. And every one of the revolutions, period, in the world's history was motivated from that unrestrained greed and opportunity principle, utilizing the population as a productivity resource to be drained and managed. When the draining got to a point of intolerance, the population revolted. And the draining right now in this country is at a point of intolerance. This is why you have FEMA buying 240 million rounds of hollow point ammunition domestically, buying hundreds of thousands of coffins, designating areas all over the United States as graveyards for burial, because they're expecting the population at one point in time to revolt. And in tune with their unrestrained greed and opportunity and arrogance, their thought is, well, let's take out the population if they give us any trouble. So you're, you're talking about implementing something at the end of 2012 forward that takes the arrogance out, takes the hostility out on both sides and creates a thriving economy. Now, another point here is, you know, 9-11, you know, I'm very familiar with what happened there. And it was an inside job and generated a few trillion dollars for the inside players. 2008 bubble crash, they probably stole about $25, $30 trillion from the world economy in a month and a half at the end of 2008. And the people that pulled that off, you know, within their silence, cooperation, technically they kind of get patted on the back. You got away with it. But under a TRF fund management becoming the standard across the country, the nice Smooth sailing yachts going through the lake, no rough waves, and population happy, financial industrial complex happy, many government administrations happy. If a gang try to pull off 9-11 or the 2008 bubble burst, which rocked the boat of everybody in the pond, okay, that were very happy with the way things were going, you find out who pulled that off because they disappeared. Because now you have a lot of the big boys that were now in the structure, following the structure of the TRF program in, in a very prosperous way, they uh, would have quite a visceral reaction towards any gang that pulled off a 9-11 or a 2008 bubble crash. Thus, a thousand years of prosperity for one and all also applies towards none of these internal financial plays going into play where trillions are stolen because they're rocking the boat of a very, very prosperous and good situation for one and all. So you can assure yourself that you're not going to be getting any more 9-11s or 2008 bubble bursts because that's too much to lose for all the players under a stable, prosperous economy. So in all respects, it has a significant impact for one and all for the creation of the millennium. Or as I guess I'll go back to the mind calendar, the world's going to change or end in 2012. Yeah, the corruption, the arrogance and the theft from the population.
And the population now becomes the true beneficiary of the wealth amassed by government just for the phasing out of taxation and creating a structure where you have a thriving economy, capital reinvestment for one and all, and unlimited truckloads of cash rolling in for government, who's now going to be as prudent and streamlined as possible because they have the same amount of money rolling in from the investment returns. You just have a win-win for all three power groups for the first time in history of this planet. Because up until this point, it's always been the take advantage of. And you, know, you always have people that create the opportunity and have unlimited greed, which will clean out the population through government. When that parasitic tick grows smaller, 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 and finally falls off the dog, everyone's happy. You just, you're no longer feeding the parasite. The attitudes, the arrogance, the unlimited corruption, the non-disclosure. The public never stood an ice cube chance in hell, period. Last 10,000 years. Now, the public, being the first-line beneficiary through the phasing out of all taxation, becomes an equal power force, growing their wealth, growing their financial base, and providing and driving the financial base for the government administration's financial cartels and industrial complex in a very profitable symbiotic expansion, which will be unlimited. You'll have the largest economic expansion, not just in the United States, but worldwide as this is applied all across the globe. And the bottom line is you have the arrogance factor you're dealing with. And you have to get something moving along, period. Once it gets moving along, it can become the standard. And that's going to start happening at the end of 2012. And after about four years, I'll be able to take a vacation for the first time. And my, will I enjoy it? I'll travel <laughs> around the world, hobnob all over the place and uh, have a smile on my face instead of tears in my eyes, watching my children be kidnapped, my business destroyed. I even grabbed two of my dogs and brought them off eight and a half miles away and executed and gave me a ticket last year. Now, these guys do not play fair, and if you get their err, they just keep targeting you, targeting you, and targeting you. But I was one of the strongest people I knew. So even back in 98, when I started National Disclosure, I said most people duck for cover, uh, hide under the blankets, and Act like a mushroom in the dark. Oh, we'll destroy my family. We'll destroy my business. Yeah, I knew that from scratch one. Yeah, they did destroy my family. They did destroy my business, but I maintained the focus to make sure this happened because I knew the importance and ramifications of it happening globally. And it is happening. And people understand this. And they know the frustration. They know what I'm up against, but they see it happening. You know, when I first started National Disclosure, I used to use the expression, the public left the vault door open. 99.9% .9 of the public would go, duh, vault, what vault? Well, now I'd say 40 to 50% of the population knows uh, the massive amounts being held within government. They've heard of the annual financial report of government. Back in 98, if you asked anybody, think Walter has a chance of blowing the lid off this and getting public cognitive thinking going? Not a nice cube's chance in hell. Ten years later, done. Started implementing cognitive thinking during the TRF full force last year. And people said, do you think Walter stands a chance of getting taxation phased out, TRS implemented, and becoming the standard across the globe? Not an ice cube's chance in hell. Well, one year from now, God damn it, he did it. Four years from now, standard. Hopefully, I'm going to get a couple of strong backers to make the job a little easier. And uh, it'll be done. The county that's pulling me in. I told him I'd come in for two months to draft everything, get everything done. Uh, he told him 8500 bucks, which would be my expense for going out there and back. And I have a few contributors for the data bank. The yeah, TRF is going to operate off of that data bank. It's all going to be information management, which is what government operates off of right now. 
I took out taxretirement.com, taxretirement.info, taxretirement.us, and under taxretirement.info, at the end of 2012, when things launched, I'll put up a Google map, you know, just like real estate brokers have, where you can zoom in on any house in the country and it shows what it sold for, property taxes, when it sold. There'll be a Google map I'll create, which will have little flags on it showing the local venues that are implementing the TRF program, the local venues that are operating under the TRF program, local venues that have met the certain criteria of the prospectus regarding eliminating of taxation. And most importantly, little red flags for those shill operations. That, oh, we're going to launch a TRF program and da-da-da-da, which are doing so as the boys who are doing something totally opposite, trying to maintain the game but screw the public. They'll be flagged as a shill operation. Taxretirement.us will be a login password site for the managers and the local venues. They can go in and see uh, the performance of the managers at any day of the week and meeting the criteria of elimination of taxation. The managers will go in and be able to interact with the local governments and so forth on issues. The whole structure will come into step-by-step application. And after the simulcast, where it lets the public know exactly what's going on, as I mentioned, it's a four-year game plan for me to get 20,000-plus local venues online. could be higher. And then I take my vacation. I really want to thank you for joining us on this rainmaking time and for laying out your whole system's approach to solving this problem. Thank you so much, Walter Burion. For those of you who would like to find out more about them and read CAFR, go to CAFR with the number one dot com and you can read and listen to videos and shows that he's been on and get familiar thank you so much walter oh, can i make one last comment sure for the last 10 years i've been waiting for that call from that bill gates type or like this guy who just launched the uh, facebook older i heard what you're doing should have been this way 100 years ago what do you need <laughs> still waiting for that call so if you happen to know any of those solid backers out there let them know walter's doing something very important for all of us and get behind them that would be something very important, especially at this point in time. Ladies and gentlemen, Walter Burian. Thank you very much, Walter.